I'm Mary Angela Abeo, creator of the Faces of Fortitude movement, which is a safe space for faces of suicide and mental illness to share their stories and help each other heal. And this is Face to Faces, a conversation series featuring people from all walks of life, exploring the real human emotions we're all dealing with as the world around us rapidly evolves. I'm glad you're here with us. Let's lean in. All right. My guest today is Linda Santman. She uses she, her pronouns, is a private practice therapist, manager of integrated care at the Los Angeles LGBT Center, and a former HIV health educator. She's also, I consider, a one of my oldest friends. And thanks to the brilliance of social media, we've kept in contact. She's also somebody who saw me as a very young 16, 17 year old coming into her own queerness. And so I'm happy and so honored to have you here. Thanks for doing this for me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. What a lovely surprise. You know, I've been following Faces of Fortitude and I've just felt proud of you from afar. So it's lovely to be here with you. Well, to give you you all a little bit of a visual, Linda was this opera singing, incredible, powerful lesbian that came and started working at my uncle's restaurant in my teens. And I remember when she burst through the doors, I was like, who is this? I'm obsessed. And all of a sudden, she was just so upfront and out there about her life. And she was really the first lesbian I knew in real life as a 16 year old. And I was like, she's incredible. And I remember, you know, we were in the heat working at Vince's. It was the, it was the heat of Queen Anne at that, you know, we had the Sonics, we had everything. And so, you know, women would come in and I would, I was just very a curious human. And I remember at one point you looked at me and there was this beautiful blonde in the front and you were like, it's, it's okay if you find her cute. And I was like, what? And it was so great. I felt so uh, seen in that moment. Mm. And just to give like a little tiny story before we start um, my 19th birthday. Do you remember that party at all? It was pretty uh, wild. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I mean, we had quite the amazing co-workers. So it made it for a really fun, colorful night. (laughs) Yes, we had um, all the members of hair rock band Nevermore Sanctuary there. We had random people that were waiters and waitresses. My mom came. Rob Halford came. Like all of these (laughs) random people. We were just hotboxing my bathroom. Like, and this is just literally blocks from where I'm recording this now on Queen Anne. And it's pretty, uh, it was pretty awesome. And so you came with a bunch of people. Jimmy was there. Um, not Jimmy, my brother, but Jimmy, the, the host and waiter. Um, and so, and I remember either you invited someone or someone came with you and it was this beautiful woman with like a bow tie and she had a white button up, but I just remember staring at her all night and you saw me and you were so cute. You were like, she's leaving. It would be okay to walk out with her and just like walk her to her car. And I was like, what does that mean? And that was my first kiss (laughs) of a woman that night. And it was so lovely. And that was like, I know that's exactly what you said to me. I remember you were like, woohoo, like you did it. And it was awesome because it was like my first step into my queerness. And 
kind of my uh, started years of exploration for me. And so you were really that kind person that kind of led me into that. So that's why this is kind of full circle for me. I love that. You know, I had just come, I had just graduated from Oberlin College in Ohio, which is this radical liberal arts school. And, um, and I missed it there, but it was an incredible experience. And, um, but I mean, that's where I came out, you know, that's where I came out. And that's where it was so queer. Everybody was by, by questioning the drag ball was the most, the huge event of the year. And so coming from that, I, you know, I, it was, it was such a safe and fun and radical place to go. And, uh, that's, you know, you had me fresh out of the, out of Oberlin. So I was all pumped up. Oh yeah. You were like on a mission. It was amazing. I was like, she sees me. So I'm excited. And I've watched you over the years and I've just been so proud. And so when, you know, when all of this has happened, as far as the quarantine and the virus, I I thought about you in LA. And first of all, I'm very impressed with how LA quickly stepped in line. Like Seattle, we've been assholes about it. Like we are not, they had to close down our parks just finally this weekend because we weren't listening, moving barriers, people going to the parks, the beaches, Mm -hmm. just not listening. But LA, so fast, so quick. People took it very seriously. Oh, I'm, I'm, proud of California in general. The more the, the, the country goes to hell, the more California keeps stepping up, you know, and Gavin Newsom had just called us a nation state. And, and so I love that. We're so fierce. It's, it's, I, I have a lot of Cali pride. Uh, and this is one of the ways that it's happened. People are like, lock it down, you know, yeah. it helps that, you know, LA is more of a sprawl. And so as there's more, there's, there's less, you know, part of it is there's less public transportation. It is right. as dense as like New York. Um, but people were also good at like, we got to shut this down. We right. got to shut it down. And, and I, and I'm, I'm feeling some relief that, uh, knocking on wood that hopefully this means that we're not going to have the surge that we think that we were going to have. And right. that's incredible. Well, that's kind of what Seattle thought. And then, you know, we actually had this big, uh, extra hospital with beds set up and then they shut it. We didn't need it. So yeah, cross your fingers, knock on wood, whatever. But, um, I want to do an emotional check-in with you. How are you doing all this? You know, this is a lot of, for us extroverts, this is a lot for us. How are you doing? How are you handling it? It's a mix because, you know, it really helps to, to be part of, of the helping profession. And so even though, you know, I, I come into work at the LA LGBT center once a week and the rest of the time I'm working from home, um, I'm working really hard from home. I'm really busy. And then I'll have private practice clients for therapy in the evenings, you know, and on the weekends, I just had a couple of them this afternoon and, and, you know, now it's over zoom or over or over the phone. Um, but but to, I think it would be a lot harder if I was stuck at home all day and didn't feel like I had a really meaningful place. And, uh, and so being able to be part of the like, what can I do? Uh, and, and feeling like I can help support that, it means a lot. It means a lot. But, you know, it's, I, um, 
I get super sad. This, there's, there's a really tragic thing happening and I'll cry about it. But usually I'm not a big crier, but if, it, if it's connected to music, then I cry. If it's connected to watching people help other people, I cry. Yeah, I like the little uh, vignettes that they're putting together on the news with the healthcare workers and stuff. Yeah, that gets me every time. Every time, every time. And then you're listening to the, you know, you're watching the videos of people cheering after nurses and, and doctors are coming out of their shifts. And I'm like, oh, cry. Yeah. yeah. And so, so I feel the sadness uh, and, and the, you know, the frustration with our ridiculous government, even though California is being so badass. But um, on a larger grand scale, it's still ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a mix of things and it, and it helps to, to be of service. That's, that's what keeps me going. That's so good. I, th- I imagine, I mean, we're all caring a lot. And I think I've talked about this on a few episodes that um, I, I'm, my therapist is going on zoom with me every, every week. And um, I'm doing a lot of holding because I'm an empath. And because of the work that I do, a lot of people come to me first before they go into their therapist, mm-hmm. because the people that struggled with anxiety and depression before all of this now have it on top. And then people that have never experienced it are experiencing it for the first time. And so those of us that have it all the time are kind of like, welcome, this is, this is our daily life. Mm-hmm. But um, it's hard to be able to really reach out to those people that need, let's say, eye contact or need touch. Or I know my, my personal love language is touch, mm-hmm. body language. And so it's been so hard for me. And watching people suffer, watching your friends lose jobs, watching them not be able to pay their rent, watching homeless people that don't have a shelter or a safe needle injection site or uh, even methadone lab, you know, mm-hmm. clinics, they don't have those things. It's heartbreaking. And I told my therapist uh, the other this last week, I said, I feel like I have to shut off those emotions because it's too much for me. And she said, no, you just need a safe space to be able to sit in it for a while. Just don't live there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't, I can't imagine carrying what I'm carrying. And then also you carrying, do you have certain ways that you are um, ha- practicing some self care? Because I know all therapists mm-hmm. have therapists and they have their own way mm-hmm. of getting through things, but this has to be extra. It is extra. And, and yes, in terms of self care, you know, one of the, the tools you learn when you're trained as a therapist or a medical social worker, you know, one of these helping this kind of helping profession is that one of the most powerful tools is you can have is to not absorb it and leave a space in front of you where this is where they get to have it. If people know and people feel comfortable knowing that this is not going to burden you, but you're like, bring it. I have a space right here. You can be right here. Uh, it, it's, it's a powerful gift. It's a powerful gift to give somebody that space and know that, you know, I, of, of course I can't fix them. I can be there and I can support them and I can cheer them on and we, we can talk about ideas and process, but, but, um, I, I, I don't take it on. I, I, and I, and I kind of just hand it over to the universe and know that that's, that's my job. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it, 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 <laughs> I'm learning that baby practice. steps, but it's hard. <laughs> it takes practice to do that. It does. Yes. Yeah, I guess that's why you're the professional and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely I've tried it a few times and my therapist even looks at me and is like, that's actually above your pay grade. 
that's actually not your job. And I'm like, you know, and I was raised, you know, a lot of my family members. So I was raised in a house with not a lot of boundaries and most uh, Italians don't have boundaries. And so in, I'm finally learning them in my forties. And that's something that I didn't do before. And so now that I'm in my forties learning boundaries, I'm like, Oh, this is, we can do this for here too. And in this situation. And so I think boundaries right now are knowing that you can't fix someone, but sitting there and being there. Um, I definitely, you know, it's, it's something in my lifestyle with me, you know, having a doctor or being able to go to a clinic and being tested. That's something that was different for me when I'm seeing now that they've shut down our clinic sites. Harborview has shut Mm -hmm. down their free clinic. Um, How is your other job Mm -hmm. um, adjusting to this new life that we're all living right now? it's kind of amazing, you know, because, you know, what we have at the Los Angeles LGBT center, well, there's seven buildings, there's 350 staff. uh, Oh, it's, it's, it's amazing. You know? Um, but the, the, so there's a lot of very, very, very different programs that happen within the umbrella of the Los Angeles LGBT center. But the place that I'm specifically in is the building that has a medical clinic. Right. And it started off in the 80s to help with people with AIDS and HIV. And then it has expanded to trans health, women's health, uh, primary care. It's a it's a federally qualified health clinic. And so we're not a you know, we're not an emergency room. Um, So we don't have emergency services. But but, you know, it's a a huge part of our history is testing and treatment. And then. you know, just kind of like your, your, your primary care physician, you know, coming in for those and then coming in for hormones and HRT for, for trans health as well. So, so with this, um, this whole COVID-19 going on, uh, it's, it's been an amazing transformation. Um, they do have to, if anyone has to answer your question about, about, about HIV and STI testing and treatment, um, at this point, we have to limit it to if people have symptoms, you know. So if they've got symptoms, then they're they're coming in and getting tested, um, because we we all need to keep everybody as safe as possible. So this, it, we do have to prioritize the most important stuff um, and be able to have the other stuff wait, you know. Uh, and and people have done an incredible job of that. And we do have enough PPE and right and, right. Uh, you know, most of uh, of the, the the psychosocial that is supporting the the clients because that's that's where where my world lies is in is I manage nine medical social workers and case managers who are helping with the rest of how you keep your healthy with with home and food and and mental health and addiction recovery and and so all these are happening mostly from uh, uh, from working from home and, and reaching out under, under telehealth. And so that's, that's where we are. That's a lot. And, and I didn't know that the center was that big. I go, I'm, I shoot in LA probably once every other month right mm-hmm. now. LA has shocked me. I really didn't think I would love it as much as I do. Um, it's embraced me. I really thought uh, LA was like the movies and that I wouldn't fit in because I'm not perfect and I don't do plastic surgery and I'm not blonde, but I went and I was so embraced Mm -hmm. and the, the LA 
like in every area, whether I'm in Melrose, whether I'm in Huntington Beach or Venice, I'm embraced by everybody. And it's like, what? There's mm-hmm. no Seattle freeze. Like it's mm-hmm. lovely. So I, I want to come visit your work. I want to see the center. I had no idea it was that big. I would love to see it. Yes, absolutely. Well, come on down. I know. I will. <laughs> if I can ever. Yeah. Airline tickets right now to LA are like $80. So I just need a, some sort of end in sight, a light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm going to be booking my tickets. So yes. I'd love to see you. You, you, can, you can stay with me. Yeah, we can, I can cover that. Cats and our poodle. Yes. Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. Well, I would love to know um, just some resources because I think right now, especially in the queer community, I know there's this um, underlying like sadness of people that don't have their social scene or, you know, their physical, uh, the affection that a lot of people need or like, whether you're poly or open or just dating, um, a lot of that can't happen. And so I know. Um, there's a few different apps here in Seattle that are encouraging people to stay in or encouraging different types of affection and communication that, you know, doesn't require you to have to go to the clinic, you know, as, as often as you may. Um, mm-hmm. What are you guys suggesting to people? Because I think right now there's this urgency of, you know, I had, I had one friend tell me, thank God, you know, batteries are still in stock at the store. <laughs> You know, and I think I, I really want to encourage my friends to be sex positive and to be sexually mm-hmm. positive and to just think about their actions before they make a mistake that could um, hurt other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so resources, you know, it's so funny because just last night, because, you know, I've got a, a, a group of my, of my people, my peeps, my, my tribe here in in LA and we're all texting texting each other silly things and that's part of the connection right yeah one of them was telling us last night that um there is a very queer um stripper joint called Jumbo's Clown Room and in Hollywood (laughs) and um and it's like rocker girls with tattoos you know and it's and it's 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 that kind of fun and um they last night had a uh, a zoom show <laughs> yeah they had a zoom show and then you know people could tip them on venmo yeah. or them that way and so i was being sent these screenshots with like you could see my friends up in the corner being like Woo! and then you saw the, the gals with their, you know, their, um, on the poles and in various states of undress. And it was, it was kind of awesome. It was kind of adorable. I'm obsessed with that. Who knew? I mean, but it's making people get creative. Yes. And yes. I think that, you know, I'm, I'm, listen, you're talking to an 100% Italian Capricorn who grew up, you know, in Seattle in the rave scene, you know, in the ecstasy scene. So, of course, I get it. Of course, I get that that we can't replace that physical right now. But man, I love watching people be creative. I love watching people tell me I'm sexting for the first time. I had no idea. And I'm like, right? Like, I think that it's, I wish people would understand how, and I know not everybody's utilizing that. And that's what makes me a little bit scared. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think that it sounds like education is happening across the board in these, in the LGBT centers, in the clinics, even on the dating apps, our, mm-hmm. our pop-ups are happening on the dating app saying, please stay inside, please don't meet, please find other ways. And I think that that's, um, I wish people would do more of those warnings. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. 
<laughs> well, how do you think that this has all changed our world? You know, I, I think people are saying when things go back to normal, and I, I think the air quotes are, I think that things will go back, but I don't think normal is, um, I don't think things will ever go back back the same. I think that I'm asking everybody this. There are things that have been very difficult about this, but I think there's also some great silver linings here that we're all seeing. And what have you seen both work personally that has changed your view on Mm -hmm. how the world kind of was and what we're doing now? Yes. I think, you know, it's, I've called it lemons out of lemonade. You know, there's, I mean, yeah, lemonade out of lemons. That's it. There. I, I, I'm seeing the ways that, 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 I mean, even in the simplest things like puzzles are now a thing, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, you know, it, and it's, it's interesting because there is the, you know, that we need to find times to turn the screens off if we possibly can turn on the music and do a puzzle. Um, there is the appreciation for, what we can do locally without driving, um, it, as long as there's 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 social distancing, like there's people taking walks where it's there's enough room to take walks. That's beautiful. Um, I think policy wise, uh, we're never going to have um, a, a leader again who says we don't need to work wor- worry about pandemics, you know. And so there's going to be a lot more, you know. Obviously, there's going to be a lot more research and a lot more uh, things put in place in terms of being able to to keep people safe and to know what to do during these these situations. Um, and and it, I, I think everyone is like, oh, I'm catching up with some people who maybe in the last year or two, you texted them every once in a while. You said hello on the Facebook or you did the but but now you're like, I'm going to have a we're going to have a FaceTime and we're going to hang out and, and talk to each other for a little bit and, and really see how you're doing. And that's been so important. It's been so important to make those connections that people are really seeing. I mean, I think this is a perfect example. I mean, I think we're doing this too. Yeah. And this podcast was born out of me wanting to use my platform with faces and not being able to take people's pictures in real life. And so creating a new conversation. So I think you're, you're very right. And I think, probably therapists all over the world are seeing their clients move and shift in different ways because of this. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I know I am. My therapist is like, I think this is great. And she like called me out. And so from one (laughs) therapist to another, you'll probably appreciate this at my external self is, was suffering in the beginning because I couldn't go dancing with my friends. I couldn't connect with people that I might have gone out on dates with or might be, um, you know, hanging out with on friend levels. I couldn't do any of that. And it was, I was suffering. And she said, you are not, you're not good at self-soothing because your mom was abusive because of all this. So you're going outward and now it's time to sit with yourself and figure out what what do you need from those people and why can't you do it for yourself yes. and i was just like Wah! like yes i was like katie yeah. that's not fair but it was <laughs> it was really important for me to go okay at this moment what can i do for myself that i'm not good at doing and i think it's causing us all to have a little bit more self reflection if anything yes. of what do i need for myself in this moment cuz i I'm really good at getting it from, I'm a producer. I can get whatever I need from on the outside, yes. but um, I don't, 
always know how to get it for myself. <laughs> from myself. Absolutely. You know, when you talk about self-soothing, you know, just today, and I had just posted this, um, I looked up on YouTube, Gay Zumba. And Stop it. And it existed? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Was Richard Simmons behind it? No, I wish, but that's pretty okay. much what, what happened there. Um, the, you know, it's when, I, when I've been out in the world pre-COVID-19, uh, I have, there is a favorite um, Latin cardio class um, at my YMCA that's across the street from where I work at the center in Hollywood. And I would go on Saturday mornings and the Zumba instructor there, so gay, you know. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. so it was these super fun Zumba moves. And I love to dance. That's my favorite kind of cardio. And I'll work harder than anything if I can dance. And, um, and so I miss him. I miss that class because we can't go to that class. So I was, and I, and I, and I found some other beautiful, like I found Bollywood class, you know, a dance class on YouTube. And I found some other Zumba classes on you, but I was like, you know, what's missing the gay. That's what's missing. And I found this guy <laughs> Who, um, if you look it up, it's yeah. He calls him it's 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 he calls himself the fitness marshal. Um, let's see, what's his name? But he just does gay moves. It makes me so happy. (laughs) Have you have you heard of Dance Church? I have. Yes. Yeah. I have. I have so many friends. Yeah, <laughs> I need to try dance church too. I know um, the producer of this podcast, Kyle, he uh, does dance church and posts some pretty amazing Instagram stories on it. So I definitely, um, I need to dance too. It's just a way for me to, to get yeah. it all out. Well, yeah. speaking of getting it all out, I want to do my lightning round questions with you. Oh, yeah. I am dying to know what your favorite swear word is. <laughs> you know, I was I was looking at these questions ahead of time, and you know, I say all the regular ones, but this is going to sound square. But I just think it's funny because it's not just the regular ones. <laughs> I say, and you like this because we go back to Vince's Italian restaurant. Holy cannoli! Oh, I'm so proud of you on that one. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that because yeah, and you know. Um, I don't think anybody said that so far. Every single person has said fuck. So thank you. That's good. <laughs> I love I that. Fuck and I say all those, but, but I, I actually just really love saying, holy cannoli. That's, That's I, perfect. Yeah. I think, um, and cannolis are one of my favorite things in the world. So <laughs> yeah, they're delicious. Um, so are you doing, do you, are you listening to anything right now or reading a book or watching movies for self-care? Like right now when I'm having anxiety, I turn on, um, one of my favorite albums and I'll go for a walk downtown or something just to like settle. What do you, what's your go-to to settle when you're feeling anxious? You know, it, it really is uh, superhero movies and sci-fi. <laughs> and so I, uh, I've watched um, Star Wars, The Force Awakens and Black Panther when I yes. want to feel good, you know, and, and I own uh, the latest Wonder Woman movie, you know, the one that came out. Right. And I can watch it over and over and over again. And um, yeah, I've always loved superheroes. My very first crush when in 1977, when this when it came out, was Linda Carter in in Wonder Woman. And that's where it all started. 
I I have had a crush on Linda Carter since I yes agreed agreed and then the new movie and like I felt like I could rule the world after watching yes. the new Wonder Woman like I was like I'm gonna go change something in the world like yeah. superhero movies also give us a string of hope I feel like and um, you know I'm partial to them because of my brother but I feel like yeah I've been watching a lot of Disney Plus too. <laughs> Oh, nice. Nice. Let's just regress as far as we can go. So the next influential people question, I want, it's important for me to make sure names of influential people just float into the podcast universe, but Mm -hmm. I do not want them to be straight, white, cis males because we have enough of that attention on them. So I would love to know a name of a few people that have inspired you. Yes. So, you know, I think that Wonder Woman, Linda Carter was a good segue because that's definitely where it started in terms of influential people. Um, And what's beautiful is that, you know, it started with a fictional character. It started with Wonder Woman, uh, who was very feminist. She would always talk about how on Paradise Island, women wouldn't harm each other and they would get together. And so I was learning my first feminism from Wonder Woman. And then Linda Carter, you know, when you follow her as a human being, uh, a she's she's half Mexican American. She's talked about immigration rights. She uh, she she's been she was grand marshal of one of the gay pride parades. You know she's she's been someone who sometimes you don't want to meet your heroes because they disappoint you, and that's not true for her. <laughs> she's beautiful. So that's one. That's so good. Um, another one for me has always been Gloria Steinem. I love Gloria Steinem. (laughs) I uh, got to see her, Melissa McCarthy, uh, interviewed her in front of all of us at the Ace Hotel in downtown LA, um, for Gloria Steinem's book, My Life on the Road. And so that was incredible. And so to just have her talk about her life and and what it's been like as a traveler um, and as an emerging feminist, uh, it's, I just think she's really well-spoken. I've loved what she's done. Of course, I love her fashion. Of course. (laughs) I have dressed up as Gloria Steinem more than once. Have you really? Of course you have, actually. I couldn't even question that. (laughs) Yes, you have. (laughs) I love those answers. (laughs) Yeah. So she's, yeah. And her writing is, is at times where I, I think I read her, her book and I was finishing it after the last um, presidential election when misogyny was at an all time high and it just helped. It helped to go, we've been through worse. We're going to get through this. And so, yeah. I highly recommend my life on the road. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. And then third, I'm going to say I could have more than, more than that, but, um, but someone who's always moved me is Harvey Milk. Yes. Do you know my Harvey Milk story? Do I know your Harvey Milk story? No, please tell. So, so when I went to San Francisco for the first time, I went down to work um, when I was with Creative Live and I went down and I was with a friend who's this white heterosexual male who was like, I'm going to show you the Castro. And I was like, okay, 
cool. I, I was excited, but I wasn't excited to go with this white male, you know, heterosexual wearing a flannel to the Castro, but whatever. And, and I knew he had worked in production. He had worked in drag before uh, as a producer and video. So he had connections. So he, he said, meet me at Harvey's at the bar in San Francisco. And so I was excited because, you know, it's a historical bar, you know? And so I walk in and I was like, um, cool. We sat at the bar and he said, I'm going to text a friend that's really going to impress you. And I was like, okay, cool. And we're sitting and we're drinking and everybody in this bar knows my friend. And when he walks in and they're like, Hey, and all these gay, amazing, beautiful bartenders and waiters just love him. When are you going to come over to our side and just love him? And I'm like, who are you? What is this? And so in the door walks Cleve Jones and I'm like, I'm sitting and I'm, I notice I know who he is right away, but I'm like, of course he's walking into Harvey's. He's probably known here. Little do I know he walks up to us, puts his arm around my friend and says, Hey baby, thank you for texting me. I'm so excited to have drinks with you. And I was like, <laughs> what? And I just, he, by the end of the night, he was, Cleve Jones was buying me drinks, took me on a route of all of his favorite bars in the Castro telling me stories about standing on, soapboxes and preaching to people and talking mm. to people got me drunk, called me M by the end of the night. And I was like in this heaven, I was like, who experiences the Castro for the first time with Cleve of all people, Harry <laughs> Milk's best friend. <clears throat> so I truly felt like I had like experienced something. And, you know, I think that's a great person for you to, to have as one of your inspirations because his story in general. And yeah. I just like, I learned side stories that night and I was just like, uh, it's beautiful. I have I have earned my gay card now officially. Like yeah. it was it was incredible. It was incredible. So I love that story. And if people have not watched the documentary, the movie, mm -hmm. any of any of the stories on him, they need to do their homework for sure. They do. Yes, they do. Yeah. Another one who keeps you going, right? Right, right. It's like we can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you know, he is big you gotta give him hope. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that speaks to this last question, which this is was a question that was asked to me in, a, in an inter interview once and I started crying. And so I've always said, I want to know other people's answers to this. And if you could have lunch with your younger self, mm -hmm. I'm curious as to what age it would be. Mm -hmm. And what would you tell yourself? And more importantly, what would you eat? Because, you know, I'm a family of food and uh, restaurants. So that's important. I would feed myself something I wasn't allowed to eat at that age. That's kind of where I was going with it. But I would love to know that. You know, the minute you said what age would, the, would little Linda be, um, she would be 14. Uh, when I was 14, it was one of my most depressed times. Mm. You know, I'd, uh, puberty was not very nice to me at this point. And I had these big, thick glasses and, uh, you know, I was developing really quickly and I was super uncomfortable in my skin. I, I, I didn't like my haircut, you know, and I've always, yeah, I've always been a visual person, so I didn't feel good in my skin. And also, you know, I have a, um, um, a mother who was, uh, very mentally ill and very depressed and I was having a hard time in eighth grade. Eighth grade can be hell. And so, you know, and I, and I use this, what's great is that I've used what you're asking in a way as a therapy tool with clients, mm -hmm. because I, I, I'll say to them, you know, 
if they saw if if the person you see now, you know, who who may be struggling but has got to this point, they would be like, "Really? You could do that?" And so I would like to talk to 14-year-old Linda um, and say, you know, contact lenses exist. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You, I am having a really good life. You know, I'm having a great life. I married a wonderful woman. I have this helping profession job. I still sing. I've always loved singing. And I sing in shows. I sing in shows all the time. And I get to perform. We didn't even touch on that stuff. That's another thing that I love so much. And and I have fun. And I don't have to be boring. Because you know when you're little, you think you you have to be boring when you're older? And then your life is boring, yeah. yeah, And that you have to have a boring, depressed life because maybe your mom had that. And... uh, (laughs) I was like, I can wear what I want. You know, I can, I can, I, I have this amazing group of friends. It's so creative. Um, I'm, I'm in the sunshine state. <laughs> I'm having a really, and so, so please stop worrying so much. What would I say to little Linda? I, I, I would say, hey, this is the best year to watch MTV. So go ahead and keep watching that for hours and hours. <laughs> Because I did, yes, and and, uh, and that, that was the 1984 was when I was 14. Great year for just waste your waste your life watching videos. Go ahead, watch them all. It will never be on there again. Yes, you're not going to regret it. Duran Duran was playing all the time. It's yes. just, just soak it in. This is not a waste of time, and uh, you know and. Yeah, hopefully, you know, just like you're going to get through this. This is your hardest year. You're going to feel prettier. You're going to feel more. You're going to find friends who, who get you. You're going to have a really good time. Mm. Uh, and and, uh, and you're going to survive. You're going to survive. That was a rough time. I was We were very poor. We were on welfare. Mom mentally ill, you know, and, and it, it felt really embarrassing and hard. And, and uh, I'm so glad I lived through it. You're going to survive. I love that. And what would you eat? Oh, yes. I was, I was thinking about actually back to Seattle. One of the, you know, there's, there's amazing food all over Los Angeles, but one of my favorite things that's, that I, I have not found an equivalent for in LA that's in Seattle is international district Szechuan noodle bowl, this, the um, spicy spinach tofu dumplings in the spicy broth. Is oh my God. It's so delicious, and I want to eat it every time I'm there. And so we Um, have to get that, and then you do a green onion pancake. You do a little side of the seaweed and some green tea. Now I want to go have that tonight. Thank you. That (laughs) it's so good. But they're closed on Mondays, so just be sure to not go on a Monday. Okay. Wow. You even know you don't even live here, and you're like they're closed on Mondays. Well, I've mistakenly I've come to visit, and then I, and then I'd wait till Monday to go, and then it'd be closed, and then I'd be heartbroken. So uh-huh. we're like, yeah. And one of my my uh, best friends in Seattle, she did me the, the favor of there was one time she knew this about me that that she picked me up from the airport when I came to visit. This was probably five years ago, and we drove straight there. Yes. Straight that there. That is friendship. That's She's friendship. Lynn Stromsky. Yeah. Um, shout out to you, baby. Shout yeah, out. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, can you tell people how to find you on the internet and find your org and anything that you want them you want to share? That is. Oh, let's see. Um, so you know, 
my therapist site, which is, you know, it's just kind of a standard therapist site. So, so if, if there's someone who you feel like might be, might need that from an out lesbian therapist, um, that's lindasantaman.com. So there's that. Um, you can look out for shows from Honey Labs. That's the name of our production company. Yeah. And we've been doing shows for the last 12 plus years. And our next one, we had to postpone it um, because of COVID-19. Um, but we've rescheduled it for uh, the last weekend in September, first week in October. We're doing a lesbian musical version of Moonstruck. Ooh. <laughs> Who's going to be Cher? Who's going to be Cher? Of course you are. I'm so excited about that. Yes. So fun. Uh, and so, so look out for that, you know, and I'm Linda Penda on, on Facebook. So, and you know, if there's, if there's events or things that I'm doing, that's, that's where I share, share stuff. And I think that's the same with the Instagram, those sorts of Perfect. things. So that's where you find me. Perfect. Well, thank you again for joining me today and please, please be safe. Mm-hmm. and um, keep taking care of yourself because it sounds like you're holding and taking care of a lot of people. But I'm really proud of you and who you've become. And I'm really excited um, to c- reconnect over this of all things. But I think that um, the universe acts in mysterious ways. Yes. And I'm really proud of you. I remember the, that little 16-year-old uh, with the long, long hair. Yeah. Yes. And, and it, we all had our little bow ties and our little button down. To, to go uh, go work at Vince's Vince's Italian restaurant and we had some very unforgettable times and I'm very proud of who you are and it's been such a pleasure to follow you and, and stay in touch with you and so and someday we will give each other a hug <laughs> yes the next time in LA I'm, I'm planning that already it was going to be end of May but now it's looking like June-ish so but it's going to happen Linda yes thank yes, you I- again for being here oh you're so welcome Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this conversation as part of our Face to Faces series. We hope you'll join and support the Faces of Fortitude community on Instagram at Faces of Fortitude, on Facebook at Faces of Fortitude Portraits, and on Twitter as myself, Mary Angela Abeo. If you'd like to become a face in the project or join me in conversation on the podcast, or maybe you have an idea for a topic we should explore or a person we should interview, please contact us at booking at facesoffortitude.com. And until next time, please have extra patience and kindness for yourself and others.